We've been, we've been using that scripture, Romans 12, 1 and 2, where God spoke through the Apostle Paul concerning uh, our mind. Romans 12, 1 and 2. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Now, how many knows we've got to give ourselves to the Lord? We give ourselves to the Lord, then God's got something to work with. Amen? Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, the second verse is what we've been ministering from. Do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, that word transformed is the same word as... Um, Transfigured, changed. How many believe we should change every day? We should be we should be a little holier today than we were yesterday. <laughs> well, I don't know, and I really I don't see how you get any more righteous because the Bible said he 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 was he became sin that we might become the righteousness of God. But I guess the um, recognizing who we are in Christ should get stronger in our spirits. Recognition of who we are and recognition of what He's done for us, and it should get stronger and stronger and stronger. But you know, God didn't leave anything out of His redemptive plan. And this takes care of any pain, suffering, persecution in the life of the believer. And uh, this was demonstrated in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. The Bible said in Isaiah 53, 5, says He was wounded... For our transgressions, and bruised for our iniquities, and with his stripes we are healed. In other words, what what the Lord is showing here that the message reveals the powerful healing purpose behind what He did for us. And and what I want to bring out tonight is an area that I, I feel is important. And we've been dealing. With, how many knows our mind can get us in trouble? You can, you can think yourself out of victory if you're not careful. Amen? You can, you can, you can lose whatever God's given you, uh, as far as the manifestation of it by your mind, by dwelling on the negative rather than on what Jesus did for us. Now, I learned a long time ago and I think as we as we get as we grow in the knowledge of the Lord and as we mature in the Lord, we realize that we're nothing without Christ. We can do nothing without Him. And uh, I can I heard one preacher say one time, "I can't heal a fly," <laughs> and that's the truth. We cannot heal anything or anybody, but we can do the commandments of the Lord, anoint them with oil, lay hands upon them in the name of the Lord, and pray the prayer of faith, and the Lord shall raise them up. See, this is what God wants us to do. But we've got to, do, we've got to get it in our mind. It's not us that's doing it. Sometimes you may not feel like you've got anything. How many's ever felt like that? Uh, Somebody said one time, boy, Brother Clarence, you must feel like you got the anointing every time you get in the pulpit. I said, sometimes it don't hit me till after I get going about ten minutes. <laughs> it's there. It's here. But how many know, you can't go by your feelings. You can't go by what you see, by what you feel, or even by what you think. 
But the 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 mind is is is, is something that we got to we got to look at. God God wants to touch us in our thinking process. If He can get us to think in the Word rather than the problem, we're going to be a whole lot happier. If we start thinking the Word and meditating upon the Word, we're going to have more peace than we had the day before. Because the Word is our victory. This is what we can take to the bank right here, the Word. We can go and say, Lord, Your Word declares that by Your stripes I'm healed. Your Word declares that You'll supply all my need according to Your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Your Word declares that I've got perfect peace that keeps my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. And see, you can be in the biggest turmoil in your life, but the thing is, once you begin to meditate on the Word and begin to realize this Word is concerning you, that you have the right to declare this Word and to declare this covenant. This is a covenant. There's covenant promises in here. And until you declare it with your mouth, believe it in your heart, this covenant promise will not be fulfilled to the degree that God wants it to. God wants the blessings of the Lord abounding in our life. And, you know, He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And with His stripes, we're healed. Now, the speech, our speech, I'm going to deal with something with our talk here for just a minute. Our speech reveals what's in our heart. Have you ever, you know, been around somebody and you know they're not happy? Have you been around somebody and you know they're worried? You've been around somebody and you know they're hurting physically, maybe emotionally too? And you know that, and, 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 you know, you know it, but you know how you're going to really know it is by what comes out of here. See, what's in the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I told you about an individual that called us and wanted us to come visit with her and pray with her, and we sat there for about 30 minutes. And, uh, now she's not here in the church, so don't try to figure out who that is. <laughs> But uh, we sat there for about 30 minutes, and all I heard in those 30 minutes of her talking, I wasn't able to talk yet. You know, some people just like to talk and talk and talk and talk. But I've learned I'm a gentleman, and I'll wait my turn. But she got done. But during that 30 minutes, she must have mentioned the devil a hundred times. She must have mentioned the darkness that's in her house. Uh, Probably a hundred times. And she must have mentioned the, the, the dreary feeling and feeling the powers and evil powers surrounding her a, a whole lot of times. And after she got done, she looked at me and she said, okay. And I said, well, I said, you know, I've, I've heard a lot about the devil. I've heard a lot about what the devil's trying to do in your life. And I've heard a lot about what you're allowing him to do. And I said, because all I've heard today is how mean, how dark it is, how dreary it is, how bad everything is. And I said, I haven't heard one good thing what Jesus did. 
I said, because you see, Jesus defeated the devil 2,000 years ago. And the devil cannot regulate my peace. He can't regulate my joy. Somebody said, well, now there's sometimes I don't feel real good in the spirit. Well, that's because you made up your mind you weren't going to feel good when you got up. Amen? Sometimes we get up thinking, I'm not going to feel good today. Now, Ramona didn't get up feeling that way. The, the devil, uh, you know, had attacked her or something, but she just started praying and God blessed. Amen? But I mean, that's what I'm talking about. There's sometimes people just get up and they're just looking for that darkness. Oh, listen, we, we talk more about the darkness rather than the light. We talk more about that heavy, demonic force that's trying to come down in our household. And, and we'll talk more about that than what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. The devil is powerless in a believer's life. If we know who we are and what we have and begin to renew our mind to this fact that the devil doesn't have any right whatsoever. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, I'm not denying the fact that the devil's not out working in this world. He is working in this world overtime. You see it happening in the political scene. You see it happening in, in the cities. You see it happening everywhere. But you know what? It don't have to come our way. Now, we may see some of the results of the wickedness, but it doesn't have to affect us to the point to where it brings us down in our spirits. You know what we ought to start doing? Lift up our eyes and rejoice. For our redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. Praise God. The coming of the Lord draws closer and closer and closer and closer. And the more you see happening around in the evil world. Now listen, it shouldn't shock us what's happening. Because Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. Now, the days of Noah had to be pretty wicked. Because the Bible said their minds were continually on evil day after day after day after day. Continually. Constantly. Dwelling on evil. What can they do? Evil. <laughs> Noah was a preacher of righteousness. And he preached for 120 years. 120 years, he preached the gospel. And only eight people got saved. That was Noah and his wife and his children. Amen. Eight people. Was it eight people? I think it was eight people. Or nine? Eight. Thank you. Eight people. Eight people out of here. What the population of the world was, I don't know at this time. You know, but it, it, it was the whole world, the whole world had their minds continually on evil constantly. Now, that's, that's a lot of people. But on the day of the flood came, Noah and his family made it to safety in the ark, of course. Our ark is Jesus. Amen. And I'll tell you something, they made it safe and sound. And they got out of the ark after they had to wait so many days and after the rain had come down for... Forty days and forty nights. That's how many knows forty days. Well, sometimes we think two or three days of rain like that's pretty heavy. But forty days and forty nights of just continuous downpour of rain till the whole earth is flooded, everything is destroyed, 
everything. There's no greenery showing anywhere until one day when they put the little dove out and he come back with a little twig in his mouth. And they knew that things were getting better. Hallelujah. So listen. The world is an evil place, but because we're in an evil place, it does not have to influence our peace, our joy. Now, y'all don't shout me down. I'll have to shout for myself, and it takes me longer to preach when I have to shout for myself. (laughs) But the world, the things in the world should never ever affect our peace. I'm just trying to make a point here. I'm going to get down to teaching in just a minute. But we need to understand that Jesus is our peace. He is our sanctification. He is our righteousness. He's our healing. He's our joy. Everything that we need is in Him. And therefore, when we have Him, we've got everything we need, and the devil cannot steal that from you. Hallelujah! Even though he's a liar, and even though he's a thief, if we know who we are, guess what? He's got to obey the Word. The Word, in the name of Jesus. So, words of darkness, clouds of darkness hovering over us, is not what God's wanting us to say out of our mouth. Amen? It indicates fear and emotional stress is what it amounts to. See, out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart comes forth out of the mouth. As we speak, listen, if you've got joy, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Joy. If you've got peace, guess what's going to come out of your mouth? Peace. Now, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And the peace of God that passes all understanding keeps our heart and mind through Christ Jesus. The kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but what is it? Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Righteousness. See, a lot of times the reason we don't really have the joy and the peace is because the devil has affected our feelings of feeling righteous. And we don't think we're holy enough. And we don't think we're good enough. I want to tell you something. You can't go by your feelings. You can't go by what you feel. You can't go by the goosebumps and the witness bumps, as some people call them. You can't go by that. That's exciting. I, I enjoy having that. Amen? Don't you? I like to feel the presence of the Lord. But what I'm saying is, you can't go by that. You've got to go by what the Word declares. Faith in the Word. Faith in what God's done. Don't let the devil bring this dreariness into your spirit. And it comes through the mind first. Then it gets down in your spirit to where it weights you down and there's a heaviness there and you can't lift your hands and you can't praise the Lord and you can't have the joy of the Lord, which is your strength. Listen, joy expresses itself. Peace expresses itself. Life expresses itself. Amen? Because of the Lord. Now, words of fear, worry, and even doubt keep us from walking in victory. It's not another person that keeps you from walking in victory, but guess who? Right here. Nobody else can keep me from walking in victory. Only myself. 
Only me. My wife can't keep me from walking in victory. She wouldn't try it anyway. I can't keep her from walking in victory. Because, you see, it's an individual decision that we make for ourselves. When we get saved, guess what? It's an individual choice. How many remembers when you first got saved? You had an individual choice. You made a choice. I'm going to be a child of God. I'm going to accept Jesus Christ and what He did for me. Somebody preached a gospel message and you heard it and it pricked your heart and got into your heart and you believed it. And then you said it with your mouth and you were saved and born again. Hallelujah. Then some of you went a little bit further than that, and you said, somebody told you about the power of the Holy Ghost and being filled with the Spirit and what it meant to you and the joy of the Holy Ghost and, and walking in the Spirit. And you said, I want some more of that. And you just, you just walk in and get it. Hallelujah. Because it's ours. It's a gift. Salvation's a gift. The Holy Spirit's a gift. God give us gifts. He sent gifts unto us. And it's ours. It's paid for. Been paid for by the blood of Jesus. Praise God. It's not using slang words or cursing that defeat us. Now, mind you, if we're Christians, we shouldn't be talking naughty like that. Amen. But it's not, it's not that that defeat us, but it's words of defeat that come out of our mouth that defeat us. It's what the devil makes us believe about the circumstances and the situation, and we say it with our mouth. Guess what? That defeats us. It's not anything else. Satan's power can't cause us not to walk in victory. This world is full of the devil's power, but it can't stop us from walking in victory. It can't stop you from having the joy of the Lord. Praise God. It can't keep you from having peace. can't keep you from walking in victory, and you don't have to walk in defeat. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. God wants us to get happy. Amen. Now, Jesus endured hours of torture. And we're not going to go through all of that the Roman style. Romans were known for their brutal methods of punishment and torture. And you, but I, I do want to read in Matthew 27, the soldiers... Uh, in 27 through 29th verse, And the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole garrison around him, and they stripped him. They made him ashamed, or tried to make him ashamed. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. And when they had twisted a crown of thorns. Now, I don't know about you, but I, have you ever seen pictures of the, uh, the crown? Most pictures depicted as a small Little, like a little crown with little, just small thorns on it. But I want to tell you, according to history, and according to the Romans' brutality, and their fervor for making someone be tortured and to feel the pain, those thorns were not little prickly things. They were about two inches long. And they, they bound it together like a crown, but what they did is they got it, and then they just they didn't just lay it up on top of his head. They put it on top of his head to where the thorns went down into his skull. Now, I'm saying that to tell you this. The beating that Jesus taken was so severe that he didn't, you couldn't even recognize him as the Son of God, as a human being. I mean, he was just literally... 
I mean, the skin, the muscles, the, the insides, everything was just... Listen, I, I know I'm painting a gruesome picture, but we need to see what Jesus really did for us. And these thorns were not little, little bitty things like you get out here in a thorn bush, you know. They were long, and they went down into the brain. You see, Jesus, in the blood that he spilled, and the stripes he took on his back... The part that just stripped him the skin off and the insides out, those stripes were for our healing. Thirty-nine stripes placed on his back for our healing. Healing. By his stripes, Isaiah said, we are healed. We're healed. But then the thorn was placed there on top of the head, and that was for a purpose also. Because, you see, we have a lot of problems in our mind area. And, and the Lord Himself took that punishment of the thorns going into His brain in order for that blood. See, there's power in the blood. We, we, what I'm trying to point out tonight, the blood of Jesus from His back was for our healings of physical illnesses and ailments, but the thorns were placed there for our emotional healing. For our healing. So we could have the peace of God flooding our mind. Hallelujah. Oh, listen. I want to tell you something. People go through some things. People go through some things in life. They go through great losses in life. And because of that, their mind, they get into an emotional state. Some people, they, they, they lose their loved one. And they get in such an emotional state, they just want to die. They just want to die. They just want to leave this earth too. It's an emotional thing. And, and, and listen, the, the loved one that went on, if they're believers, they wouldn't come back if they could. Praise God. They're already in the presence of the Lord, enjoying life. And you know, we should not be, we should be sorrowful about it. I don't remember when my wife passed away. I, you know, I did. She called me in there. Uh, into the room. We had a little intercom in my office, and, and she punched it. She was in the bedroom, and, and I, I rushed in there. She said, Clarence Richard, hurry, get in here. And I thought, dear Lord, i got to hurry up and get in there. And I got in there, and she was sitting there in her chair, and she just looking at me, just smiling. I said, what, what, you, what was so urgent? She said, sit down, i got something to tell you. She said, I'm going home. I looked, she said, you know, I'm going to heaven. And she said, I don't know when it's going to be. It could be in a few days or it could be a week or two. I don't know how long because God's only got the expiration date. But you know what? She had it settled in her heart that she was ready and God spoke to her and said, I'm bringing you home. God told her he was bringing her home. Hallelujah. Well, I didn't want to tell, I didn't want to talk about that. You know? And she started prophesying to me. Now, you can't just run out when somebody's prophesying. The Holy Ghost came on her. <laughs> and she began to talk to me about the ministry because I had stopped traveling. I'd stopped going. And I'd stayed there right there with her because I felt like that was my place, my responsibility. And the Lord gave me the peace to do that. And we did it. And God supplied and took care of us supernaturally. And, you know, but... But she said, you know, God's going to take your ministry from where it was to where it should have been, and God's going to bring it right back. Hallelujah. And she said, I'm going home. And she said, furthermore, God's going to give you a wife. 
I said, now look, this is the time or the place to talk about that. She said, no. She said, don't worry. I'm going to be in heaven. She said, but God's going to give you a wife that is going to excel in the ministry as much or more than I did for you. I said, okay. I won't talk about it. You know, that wasn't thing to talk about. I didn't think. Wouldn't proper. But you know what? She went on to be with the Lord just peacefully. When she left, she went peacefully. There was no struggle. There was no groaning. There was no gasping for breath. She went peacefully. When she left, the presence of God filled that room, and I knew that she was gone. And I walked in, and she just had the biggest smile on her face, and it just looked like she was asleep. The presence of God. Oh, and I, I, I tell you what, I, I knew she had already went on to be with the Lord. And, and I, I was sitting there, and I was thinking about just raising her up from the dead. But I remembered what she told me. She said, Clarence Richard, when I go, don't you raise me up from the dead. Don't you be like Smith Wigglesworth. His wife passed away one time. He went and raised her up. And she said, Smith, why didn't you just leave me alone? I was in the presence of God. <laughs> and I remember that. And I just looked and I thought in the corner of the room there, I could see her little spirit saying, don't you do it. So I didn't. But it was a pleasant home. How many understand what I'm saying? It's a pleasant home going. Presence of God. But she knew. But then emotionally, this old mind, Brother Clarence, world famous evangelist, preacher, saw miracles, saw healings, saw hundreds come to the Lord in crusades in Africa. You know, I mean, here, here that man of God. Kind of like David was that time. He was over there saying, Lord, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But I began to question the Lord. I said, Lord, you know, I, I just couldn't accept it. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anybody, I think some of you know what I'm talking about. It's hard to accept. It's hard to, how do you accept this, Lord? And the devil began to play on my mind. You're washed up. You're a has-been. There's nothing else you're going to be able to do. You might as well just throw in the towel. Well, he done said the wrong word there to me. Because I wasn't going to do that. But yet, emotionally, listen, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I was messed up. Nine months. Nine months. I didn't do hardly anything. I just just moped around and and uh, uh, oh, I did a couple of things, but you know, I really wasn't there. How many's ever done things you wasn't there? You know. And uh, I, I I was just moping around, and then finally, I went out to the graveyard. Nine months later, and I went out there and sat there by the tree, and I was by the tree, and I was just sitting there, and I was mad. I said, God. I mean, I, I, listen, I raised my voice. 
I got emotional. And I'm sure the people in the funeral home over there, where the graveyard was out there, you know, and I'm sure they were looking out there and said, he'll be okay, we've seen this before. And sure enough, I exhausted myself and just fell flat on the ground. Just fell flat on the ground. And I was asking God why, and the Lord said, okay, now you're still. I can tell you. Cancer didn't take her. I took her. She withstood cancer with her faith. And she did with her faith. And she withstood any pain whatsoever. She didn't have no pain pills, no pain, nothing, no morphine, no nothing going in her body. And she left here in peace, just like that. And when God spoke that to me, and He spoke this to me also that I'd already heard, but He said, I'm the only one that has the expiration date. And He said, the devil did not take her. I brought her home. I may remember the Apostle Paul. You know, he many times he's supposed to, he should have died. And finally, when it came time for him to die, he wrote a little letter to the churches and said, The time of my departure is at hand. Now, I'm sure some of them got that letter and said, Oh, what are we going to do, Brother Paul? We can't be there with him. You know, he wasn't worried about that. He didn't need nobody there that was going to cut his head off anyway. And he just, he, you know, listen, when he put his head in that stock, whatever they do to, to cut the head off, he did that because he knew he was going home. It, they didn't kill him. He laid down his life. Praise the Lord. Yeah, they chopped his head off. But you know what? They didn't kill him. He just, got, it, he just went from right there to right in the presence of the Lord. What I'm saying tonight is this. Our emotions... Our emotions will destroy us. If we, get, if we don't let the, devil, the Lord get a hold of our mind, and we get our mind under control, and realize, devil, you're a liar. You're a liar. But we need to start saying, we have the mind of Christ. Isn't that what Paul said over in Corinthians? We have, but we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind, we can think as God thinks. We can think the thoughts of God. We can think the promises of God. And we can receive what the Lord says is ours in the name of the Lord. So, you're made up of spirit, soul, and body. Our soul, our body, and our mind and our emotions. And God wants us to let Him redeem every part of us. Hallelujah. But what we've got to do in order to walk in victory. Listen, I, I want to encourage you tonight to walk in victory. Some of us, we get on a high and we walk in victory. And then some of us get on a low and we walk in defeat. God wants us to get on an even keel. And let's stay on this even keel and just rejoice in the Lord 24-7. Praise God. Hallelujah. Don't let anything pull your joy from you. Don't let anything distort your peace that's in your mind. Don't let, don't let anything the devil brings up against you keep you from rejoicing in the Spirit. Because we're different. We have the mind of Christ. 
And that's what we want to deal with tonight. You see, we're spirit, soul, and body. This body is just an earth suit. <laughs> Amen. The real you is on the inside. This, this body is only the earth suit. One day we're going to discard this earth suit and we're going to get on into heaven and get a glorified body. Amen. And so, but once we've been born again, the Bible instructs us to put on the new man which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. How do we do that? Through the Word. Through meditating on the Word. Through believing what the Word says. And we, to live God's perfect will, you must renew your mind. If you're going to live in the will of God, you've got to renew your mind. Because, listen, everything in the world will come against you and say you're not in God's will. Amen? Everything in the world will come against you and tell you that you're not in God's will. But I want to tell you something. When you know that you know that you know. It doesn't matter if you got any goosebumps or not. You just know that you know that you know. It doesn't matter whether you got anything, you, you know, your face shining with a halo or not. It doesn't matter. You know, when you know that you know you're in the will of God, that's the most important place to be in. And in the will of God is letting God be true and letting God be victory in our life. And in order to live there, you've got to renew your mind. That's what we've been talking about, renewing our mind. Get in the Word. Find out what the Word declares about us. Find out what God's Word says. Listen, depression is a terrible thing. Depression will drain you of any peace, joy, in, if, if, discouragement comes right along with depression, and you get discouraged, and discouraged means you're drained of courage. You don't have any courage. So, the emotional part of us is important to the Lord. And there's no other way to live victoriously but to get in God's will, in God's will. Now, the will of the Lord. See, the will of the Lord. What is the will of the Lord? I believe it's, your, it's God's will for you to be here tonight. God wants you to hear this. Amen? It's God's will for us to come worship the Lord. Isn't that God's will? Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together as a matter of some have. And, and just come boldly into the presence of the Lord and just worship God together. We're family. We're one. We're together. And we're here together. We should bear one another's burdens. Praise the Lord. We should lift one another up. And if you see somebody get, getting in a position and, you, and they're starting to say something bad, just put your hand on them and ask them, don't, don't say it. Don't say it. Amen. We can help one another. <laughs> but we, you and I, see what the Lord's want us to do, we've we got to realize He was in this world, but not of this world. And we're in this world, but not of this world. We're here physically, but we're really not of this world. We're born again. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. And so, really and truly, the natural things of this world should not discourage you. Because we're with Him. And we're walking with Him. And as we follow Him, we're going to see God. But we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let God transform our mind. Let God transfigure our thinking. Let God change our thinking. Let God change us to where we're going to think like He thinks and act like He acts. Uh, we're... we're, we're Transformed like metamorphosis, you know, like a caterpillar. You know, we're changed from, you know, we're changed. And our whole being is changed. How many has ever, since you got saved, 
or some of you have been saved a long, long time, and I've been saved a long, long time. But you know, I I, I saw somebody one time when I was uh, when I was in high school, and I saw them a few years later after I started preaching, and they saw me, and they said, "Boy, Clarence, you're sure different than what you used to be." Well, I hope so. Amen. And and we hope that you're different when you see some of your folks like that. Amen. But the battle is in the mind. The more you know the Word, the more you conform to the image of Christ. And the the Lord tells us that Satan is a liar. Satan is a liar. I, I, listen, I've had people come to me with their problems and situations and things. Um, we've counseled many, many people through the years. And they come with their problems. And and I tell them, I said, now look. I said, the devil is a liar. Well, Brother Clarence, you don't know what I'm going through. I said, no, the devil's a liar. Well, yeah, but if you did, if you do it going through what I'm going through, you wouldn't feel that way. You'd be over here like I am. I said, no, the devil's a liar. Praise God. The devil's a liar. We've got to come to that point where we can all be in agreement. The devil's a liar. Anything the devil does against us is contrary to the Word of God. And we just got to be bold enough to stand up and say, Devil, you're a liar. Jesus is truth. I believe God. Even if we leave this earth, we're going in the presence of the Lord. Devil, you're a liar. Victory's mine either way I go. Hallelujah. And we've got to get that in our minds and begin to think like that. See, when we become a Christian, we're sustained from the inside. What you have on the inside is what's going to sustain you. If you've been feeding on the Word of God, guess what's going to come out in the trial? The Word. If you've been if you've been basking in the presence of the Lord in your prayer time and in your prayer closet, guess what's going to come out when the devil hits you right in the stomach and say, well, "I'm gonna got you now," and you're going to say, "Glory to God, Hallelujah!" Amen. Say, devil, you better give your best punch because I'm going to get more of you than what you're going to get of me. Hallelujah. We we, we got to get bold. I never was much of a fighter. I was a skinny runt. I mean, I was skin and bones. And I thought I was really muscle-bound. Somebody said, you're bound to have some muscle somewhere, Clarence. I remember in the seventh grade, though, I had this guy come up to me. He was the biggest bully in the world, and he was a big bully. I mean, he had a lot of flesh on his body. And he was bullying the people. You know, he was bullying us around. And he said, I'm going to whoop you. I said, no, you're not. Yes, I am. I said, no, you're not. He'd do this for about several days. And finally, one day, I said, look, I'm tired of you bullying me, so let's get it on. He stepped back. He said, what are you doing? I said, you want to fight? Let's fight. He said, okay, but I warned you. I said, well, 
my Adam's apple was dangling. I said, I'm ready whenever you are. Well, you hit me first. I said, no, you hit me first. He said, no, you hit me first. I said, no, you hit me first. He stood there. He come up. He said, I'm going to hit you. I said, you better give it your best shot. And he reared back and he started to hit me. And I just didn't wait on him to hit me. I just hauled off and just... And I'll tell you what, this little 90-pound weakling, he, I knocked him flat on his back. He didn't even come to for a few minutes, and that gave me a few minutes to get out of there. But I want to tell you something. He never bullied me again. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, I don't condone fighting. But sometimes you got to stand your ground. <laughs> and I stood my ground. And he, you know what? We became the best of friends. In fact, he became my bodyguard. I guess he figured I needed somebody. And he took care of anybody that tried to take care of me. Praise God. <laughs> but the Word of God in you controls your thinking and transforms your life. James one twenty one, he said, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. In other words, you can't just read the word. It must be implanted in your spirit and be received with meekness. Listen, this word is more than just memorizing scriptures. I'd rather get ten scriptures that I have revelation on than to memorize 110 scriptures. Because the ones you got revelation on is the ones that's going to work for you. Amen? When you believe and you speak it with your mouth, isn't that what the Bible says when we get saved? Believe in your heart, confess it with your mouth, and you're saved. And I believe it's the same way with the Word of God. We can read it just to read it, and we can read it just to say we've read so many chapters and so many verses, but the thing is, we've got to read it to where we can get it in our spirit, man, to where we can be able to stand up against the wiles of the enemy and the devil himself and say, devil, you're a liar. I've got victory in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Victory's mine. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Y'all don't, y'all don't get too happy now. Resist the devil. He said, you'll know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Isn't that what the Bible says? Our confessions are going to either snare us, or we're going to be loosed by our words. You're snared by your words of your mouth, Proverbs 6.2. We're snared by our words. So, listen, I'm afraid this is going to happen. I'm afraid that's going to happen. Guess what? You're going to get what you feared. The thing you're greatly afraid of is going to come up on you. Fear is a big thing. Fear is a terrible thing in the believer's mind. Amen? Our confession, by, by your words you'll be justified, Matthew twelve thirty seven, or by your words you shall be condemned. The words are important. What you say is important. And we need to resist the devil by meditating on the Word of God. When the devil's trying to bring something against you, find scriptures in the Word that will just combat him. And come against him. Meditate. 
Whatever things are true, honest, pure, just, lovely, good report, if there be any virtue, praise, think on these things. Think on the things of God. Think on the Word of God. Second Corinthians 10, verse 5, casting down imaginations. Did you know most problems are bigger than what they really are? Because we've imagined them to be bigger. So we need to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Bring every thought and rejoice and praise God. This goes along with getting the Word in us, but rejoice and praise God. We can sing scriptures because God inhabits the praises of His people. God dwells. Philippians 4, 4 said, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Instead of saying, boy, I tell you what, I just feel so gloomy today. I just don't feel like I've got any joy and any peace. Why don't you just get up and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You don't have to feel nothing. Just start praising Him. Just start glorifying Him. Start praising Him for who He is. Because God inhabits the praises of His people. Paul and Silas prayed in prison that night in Acts 16. They, they had every reason in the world to get discouraged. They were beaten. And they were beaten to where they were bleeding and hurting. And they were put could in the d- deepest part of the dungeon. Stocks and bonds. Couldn't praise God. But look, what did they do? Paul looked over at Silas and said, You know what I think we ought to do? Let's just sing that old song. I'm so glad Jesus set me free. <laughs> Sometimes, have you ever noticed that when you're down low, you want to sing those melancholy songs that just kind of... You know, sometimes when you're down low, that's the time to shout. And they started singing that song. I don't know if that's what they were singing, but they were singing a song of praise. And about that time, God sent an angel down there to just keep time with the music. And he got that jailhouse and just rocked it up and down a little bit. Hallelujah. And there was a great earthquake, the Bible said, and their chains fell off. And the prison doors were open, and all the prisoners were able to get out if they wanted to, but none of them left. Hallelujah. I tell you, I wouldn't either. I would rather stay there where God's power is, you know. And they didn't leave, and the Philippian church got started that night. The jailer and his household got saved and baptized, and the church got started right there in Philippi that night. Because Paul and Silas were there, and instead of moaning and groaning, they said, let's just praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. Let's just praise the Lord. I tell you, Brother J.W. May was a good friend of ours. He, he loved God with all of his heart. I, he, I, you know, he, he probably prayed probably 12 hours a day or more, you know. Uh, I mean, he, 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 on, his, on his little card, he said, J.W. May, J.W. May, man of God. Amen. And then underneath that, a man of prayer. <laughs> and he was. Somebody said, well, he's boastful. No, he boasted in God. But God did things. He came in my church one time, and I've been trying to get some people loose a little bit, you know, for a long time. And he just took a, he stood up there about 15 minutes, exhorted. And I mean, everybody in that place was bawling and squalling and praising God. And some of them coming down the altar and getting saved. And I said, glory to God. Why? Because he didn't allow the devil to get him down. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. So I said, well, we didn't have very good service tonight. You know, you know what you ought to do? Just hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This is the greatest service we've ever had. Hallelujah. And just praise the Lord. 
I mean, you're not having a good time because you're not involved in it. You get involved in praise, guess what? Your God's going to come down and meet you. And bless you right where you are. Because that's what God does. So just praise Him. Rejoice the Lord always. Praise Him. So, listen. The results of overcoming the spirit of oppression and depression. Now listen. God's will is not oppression and depression in a believer. Just think if you're oppressed and depressed and somebody down the road needs help. And they're really discouraged. You're not going to be able to help them because you're oppressed and depressed. Amen? Iron sharpeneth iron. That's what Proverbs says. Iron sharpens iron. If you're full of praise, guess what? You're going to get around somebody and you're going to praise them. I tell you, I come in here on Thursday sometimes and and uh, Louise and Lou will be in here working and cleaning. And and uh, and I'll just come in and, and Lou, she's already over here in a corner somewhere going up down the hill. And you can hear her. She's over there just praying in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And Louise, she's just up here just enjoying it and just worshiping the Lord too, you know. Amen. But but you know what? That's good. Nothing is going to discourage. When we can praise the Lord, how are we going to get discouraged if we're in praise? And worshiping the Lord. There's no way to get discouraged. Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over it all. And when, when, we get, when we get over this oppression and depression and get it out of our spirits and in our mind, listen, it's all up here. It's all up here. You're depressed because of what you think. You're oppressed because of what you think. You're, you're allowing the devil to put, insert those thoughts of discouragement there and those thoughts of, of, of depression and oppression there. And, and you, you, you just don't know what to do. But you see, the thing is, once we learn how to do it and just let... The spirit of praise come out of our hearts and begin to magnify the Lord and begin to meditate on the things of God. Guess what? We're not going to be down in the mully grubs, as one preacher said one time. We're not going to be there where all that heaviness is just surrounding us and just pushing down upon us because we're not going to allow it to happen. I'm not going to have a cloud of dreariness to come in our home. We're going to worship and praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to Brother Osteen. He used to get, he, he, he tried to get mad at Dodie, his wife. And, uh, you know, he, he just decided he was going to be mad at her one day. And he said he'd go over there and he'd just put his, you know, just fold his arms. And, and he went by this door and Dodie was behind the door and she jumped out at him and scared him, you know. He wanted to laugh. He said, Dodie! He went on down the hallway and come around and then she got behind another door and just jumped out at him. And they'd done this three or four times. And finally he just said, he started laughing and rolling in the floor and just laughing. And he, he was giving the testimony. He said, how can you stay mad at a woman that crazy? <laughs> Philippians 4, 7, the peace of God passes all understanding. It will keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. God's peace will keep your heart and mind. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And you'll be able to minister to others because we're not going to allow oppression and depression to get us. We're going to renew our mind and be free. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I I mean, we need to make up our mind in the morning instead of getting up and saying, Oh, boy, another day. Oh, Lord, it's raining. It's going to be dreary. No, no. Just get up and start praising the Lord. Hallelujah. Glorify God. Just give God praise. Worship Him. Praise the Lord. Spend some time in the Word. 
Get, get encouraged. Encourage yourself in the Lord. That's what the Bible said. David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen? He encouraged himself in the Lord. I tell you, sometimes you've got to encourage yourself. Nobody else is going to encourage you. Amen? So you just got to sort of, self, you're blessed. Self, you, you've got more favor than anybody in this world. Self, God's supplying all your needs according to His riches and glory. Self, you're going to be healed. Hallelujah. We need to start just praising the Lord. Giving God glory. Don't let that old dreary spirit and that cloud hang over your head no more. Don't let it come down upon you and just settle down over you. Let God's presence settle down like a blanket over your spirit tonight. Hallelujah. Let the presence of God just come into your heart and your life and just start rejoicing and praising the Lord, glorifying God. I tell you, don't worry about what it sounds like. Just do it anyway. Praise the Lord. I mean, if, you, if you're afraid to dance in church, practice at home a little bit. And then you can come over here and dance. Hey, amen. I mean, go ahead and just worship the Lord at home. Just, just kind of get along with the Lord and do those things. Praise God out loud. Praise Him in the Holy Ghost. Praise Him in the Spirit. And, and just, you know, you know, don't let nobody, just, just do it. When you, you know what's going to happen when you get in here? You're going to come in with a jump and a skip and a hop. And you're going to, people are going to say, boy, they're happy. And before long, the other people are going to get happy around you. Praise God. I don't let people stay sad around me. No need to stay sad. Might as well get glad. Hallelujah. Because Jesus is Lord. I said Jesus is Lord. Amen. Jesus is Lord. So we need to understand that God took care of everything. He took care of our sin problem. He took care of our oppression and depression problem. He took care of sickness problems. He took care of everything in our life, and He's made us a whole person again. Hallelujah. Through Jesus. Do you love Him tonight? Amen. We just need to renew our mind. Renew our mind. Let God's Word come alive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Listen, I, I want you just put your hand on your, on your, on your brain. It's up here. <laughs> just put your hand up here on your brain. Amen. And say, self, I am happy. I will rejoice. For Jesus is Lord over my life, over every circumstance. Jesus is Lord. I am not discouraged. I am encouraged. I have the blessings of God. God's Word manifests itself in my life. And I have total victory. Hallelujah! Now just lift your hands and thank God for it. Praise the Lord. Give God glory. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Are you, how, many, how many believes this tonight? Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Praise the Lord. I, I believe it. There's an old course before we leave. Let's stand our feet tonight. Well, I've been delivered. Oh, praise the Lord. I've been delivered by His Word. The chains of sin are broken. I've been delivered, oh praise the Lord. One more time. I've been delivered, oh praise the Lord. I've been delivered by His Word. The chains of sin 
are broken. I've been delivered, oh praise the Lord. There's been a big change in me, big change in me. I am so happy, I am so free. He brought me out of bondage into liberty. Oh, there's a big change. One more time. There's a big change in me, big change in me. I am so happy, I am so free. He brought me out of bondage into liberty. Oh, there's a big change in me. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. Praise the God. Thank you, Lord. Praise. Take someone's hand next to you.